0: Listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life, designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Meara, and I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and
1: e-reader. This episode, we're talking about special editions of books. We just talked about special books with special pages. This one, special editions. <laughs> right in time for the holidays, maybe you want to buy one. Anyway, we're also interviewing Laura Panapento, creative director of Orbit Books, about those special editions. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book that may be one of Sean's favorite books of the year. Me too. You are. What are you reading? I should kiss Sarah Wheeler by Casey oh, McQuiston. Oh no,
0: but I loved this book. Uh,
1: Sean is present. Sean, was this one of your favorite books of I the year? Read it, yeah. You haven't read it. No, I, I just read uh, the other one, Red White and Blue. Bliv- you read Red White and Roll Blue. Bliv- okay, I just feel like you are a McQuiston head, but this might be one of my. It yeah. is. Yeah, this is one of your favorite ones. I
0: think so. The reason
1: I'm talking about it now is because I don't think it's. Gonna, I you know it maybe I'll have more than one romance, but this is actually not. So we, we could talk about it together, but it's not a romance. It's, it's more of a mystery.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a mystery romance, coming of With age, like a
1: clue element.
0: Like it's like oh, it's, it's like so
1: good. It's like basically this woman, Shara Wheeler. I think you say Shara. I didn't listen to it, so Shara yeah, she's Shara like, Wheeler. They're,
0: they're what like. 17
1: they yeah they're all in high school and and there's this uh this this young woman and she's like the most popular girl at the Christian academy and she's like she's very, Jesus yeah she's Jesus she helps the poor and is you know very popular and very gorgeous, pretty blonde woman and she dates the you know football captain or whoever mm-hmm. it is and um one day right after prom i think during it is during prom she just disappears and before she does, she kisses um, one girl in an elevator and one boy somewhere outside of the yeah. the prom, and they somehow these two people figure it out. Oh, because the girl is breaks into her house to see if she can find out where Shar Wheeler went. Shar Wheeler, I don't know. Sorry, if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, and uh, um, then and runs into the boy who's also doing the same thing, and then they end up having um, getting into a. Um, a
0: heist-like clue situation yeah, the, with her, Sarah's boyfriend, and basically all the people who have kissed Shara Wheeler are like, "Okay, we gotta find her because we need to find some answers to so why she's kissing people, she where she went." Left
1: clues all over, yes. based on their lives, based on little riddles or whatever. So it's it's a really fun little book because you get to like go through like all the clues with them and figure out what oh, they're trying so to fig- what they're doing. Um, it's it's very cute, very funny. Um, a lot of queer representation. Um, I I just really enjoyed it, as you know, all of Casey McQuiston's books are. They're all fantastic, but this one is not an exception.
2: <laughs> this, this
1: is the book that got me
0: on the Casey McQuiston train, and I will say, I think she dedicates this book to like queer kids in the South who are like, oh right, it also at in Alabama, I think, academies, yeah. and like in Christ- like towns that are very Christian. And she's like, hey, this is just for all the the queer kids out there. I mm-hmm. I was one of you and I I see you and this is for you. Yeah. And um, what are you reading, Mallory? So I'm reading I well, I just finished reading this book for a second time. This will definitely be on my favorite of the year. Um, it is Did You Hear Mammy Died by Seamus O'Reilly. And I one of those books where I got the audiobook from the library. Listen to it, loved it so much. I ordered the print book. And then <laughs> I, upon thinking about it further, I got it from the library again because for some reason there was no way. And I made my boyfriend Jeremy listen to it with me on a long drive we had recently. It is so funny. And oh. you wouldn't believe, because the title is very sad and the, the subject of the book is very sad, but it is so funny and so fucking beautiful. It is about this um this, this sort of the memoir of this man. And when he was... Five years old, his mother died, leaving behind him and his ten siblings. Oh my god! In Northern Ireland, and so his father like had to raise this, raise these eleven kids. Um, you know, and it takes place during the nineties, so it's when you know there were the as they call them, the troubles were happening. So it's sort of it's also it's all about you know how um, you know the this time in Northern Ireland affected people with all the violence and the bombings, but at the same time it's just like really funny stories of like them growing up and dealing with their mother being gone and his dad trying to cart these eleven children around oh Ireland. It's in the he reads it, the author, and it is it it's like laugh out loud, funny. Every and it's a chapter. memoir? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so beautiful. And it's wicked short. I think the audiobook is only like five hours long. Oh, cool. So it's It's so brilliant and so wonderful. It's definitely my favorite memoir of the year. Definitely my favorite audio book so far. But we also, we only, we have got a couple of weeks left. So there might be some surprises. We'll Bria see. Bria and I we'll are see. officially in the, oh my God, if this isn't my favorite, I'm going to stop reading it. So something might unseat it. Yeah, but we'll so see. Far. We will see. Um so that's uh. Did you hear? Mammy died by Seamus O'Reilly is and, what I'm reading, and I'm re. I just read I
1: kissed Cheryl Wheeler by Casey McQuiston.
0: So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Chelsea wrote in to say, I just wanted to write in and tell you how much I appreciate that you talk so much about reading without bringing up stats and how many books anyone is reading. I know it sounds silly, but I find including numbers invites comparison, no matter how many disclaimers someone can add. I know in my head that it doesn't matter, but my heart doesn't understand that, especially when it is presented as, Ooh, I had a bad reading month. I only read 10 books. <laughs> I typically read three or four books a month, which is a lot. Sure. Uh, so then I spend the rest of the content justifying why I'm not reading as much and that it it is okay not to read as much. This, This mixed with constant messaging that more is better and videos and articles giving tips to read faster, read more, can feel like you aren't doing enough. The start of this year, I actually decided I wanted to aim to read 40 or fewer books, in Mm. large part because I was reading when I want to be doing my other hobbies that are differently fulfilling. That's a cool reading goal to try to read Read fewer books than last year. Only a certain amount. Because you're
1: to focus more on probably the ones you are reading instead of flying through them, because we've talked about how when you fly through a book, you don't retain as much of it mm-hmm. and also to do your other hobbies which are important we appreciate a well-rounded reader slash mm-hmm. anything else
0: <laughs> and if you're only reading a certain amount of books per year you're not going to finish reading a crappy one because you're like well yeah, i only got 40 books this one's not doing oh, that's, it for really me. Good point. that's yeah. a really good point that's
1: a really good point that's a really cool goal Jeff Roden with Wheelhouse, longtime listener, first-time writer. I just wanna say how appreciative I am whenever you mention middle grade titles on the podcast. I've been a children's librarian for the Free Library of Philadelphia for 35 years. And as the closing chapter to a fascinating career, I'm currently middle grade's book selector for the library system. What a job. That's so cool. Middle grade books are a special and wonderful kind of reading experience. Kudos to you for including them. Much appreciated. I wouldn't be a librarian if I didn't offer a suggestion or two. Have you read A Wish in the Dark by Christina Sunturnvot or... The Ogress and the Orphans by Kelly Barnhill. You've read the second one, right? That is
0: on my TBR. Oh, it is. Okay. I feel like... um, but I haven't read it yet. And what
1: about the first one? Have you read that?
0: No, I've never even heard of it. Oh, okay. I'm, wow. I'm going to be looking it up. I'm very excited. You're yeah. adding
1: ones to, you got Mallory to
0: add books to oh, her yeah. TBR. That's oh, yeah. very exciting. I you know I love a middle grade book. Yeah. Uh, Jeff's Wheelhouse says it's cozy sci-fi in the style of Becky Chambers or Alan Dean Foster, speculative fiction such as Octavia Butler's and Sam Delaney's uh, military history and novellas set in faraway lands. In distant times, nonfiction for the general reader. these are great. I like novellas set in faraway lands. Yeah, that's me too. I hear I hear that. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, Quick bookmark, we want to remind people that the Maximum Fun member holiday party, Zoom, is happening. This month, it is happening December 11th. If you are not in the Slack uh, and you want to attend, just email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you're a member, and we will send you the Zoom link. For the wonderful Slack folks, I will be posting it in the Zoom so it's going to start at noon Pacific time. We were starting it wicked early so we could try to get as many different time zones as possible. And the thing that we were most excited about with this holiday party is this is going to be our first Maximum Fun member Zoom where we're having breakout rooms. Bria and I have already chosen the topics for all of the rooms. Uh, we're going. The main room is going to be best books of the year, and then all the different zooms are going to be different wheelhouse items and genres. So if you can break out into them and talk to other glassers about your favorite books in that genre or that have that wheelhouse. We're really excited about it. And it's going to be super fun. So again, that's December 11th at noon. If you want the Zoom, you have to email us or just check in the Slack, because that's also where we're going to be posting it. Uh, If you want to wear your Santa hat, you want to bring some champagne, whatever you do for the holiday, uh, you can can, uh, bring it into the Zoom. We're very excited. You can do holiday cookies. Oh, yeah. Do you bake holiday cookies? I mean,
1: I bake cookies, you just and it is a
0: holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, they are holiday cookies. There you go. All cookies are welcome. Um, so before we talk about special editions of books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth. If you're spending time with loved ones for the holidays, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories. With StoryWorth, you can document those timeless stories into a wonderful keepsake book that makes a great Freaking gift. But what is Storyworth? Storyworth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. And the way that it works is that every week, Storyworth emails your relative or your friend. It can be your grandma. It can be your mom. It can be uh, your mom's best friend. It can be an aunt. It can be a cousin. It can be whoever you want. And so they get this. Question every week. This is a thought-provoking question that you get to choose from StoryWorth's vast pool of possible options. You can even make up your own if you want. And each unique prompt asks questions that you've never thought to ask. Because most of the time, even when you're sitting around for the holidays, you are not asking people big questions like, "What's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life?" Or, "If you could see into the future, what would you want to find out?" Normally, you're asking, "How the." Christmas cookies came out or what everyone's up to. You're not really delving deep into things, but these actually might be things you really want to know. And then after one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you will be able to keep for generations and generations. Bria did this for her mom and she was able to order multiple copies of the book and share it around with different family members. It really makes such a great gift, and it is so beautiful. And the thing that we really love about StoryWorth is that nobody likes to go to the post office during normal time, but you really don't want to go to the post office during holiday times, or it's just absolute mayhem there. And the thing about StoryWorth is that all you have to do is go online, it gets emailed to your loved one and you don't have to wrap anything, you don't have to pack anything, you don't have to mail anything and it's something that you can get last minute, which is really, really handy. It's so thoughtful and it's definitely something that they don't already have. So you can help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. All you have to do is go to storyworth.com glasses today to, and save $10 on your first purchase. So that's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com glasses to save $10 on your first purchase. So that's storyworth.com/glasses. Glasses. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great, but have you considered something a little more unconventional?
2: Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds.
0: On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on
2: MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.
0: We're talking about special editions of books. What does it mean when a book is a special edition? Where do you get special editions, and are they worth trying to get? Is it like
1: a special episode of your favorite sitcom or TV show where they talk about drugs (laughs) Do you remember these in the 90s where it was like a very
0: special episode? I have the episode of Saved by the Bell where Jessie gets addicted. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. When she gets addicted to caffeine pills. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she starts crying because she wants to do too much homework. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, very special I was so afraid of caffeine after from that Caffeine episode. or
1: pills? I was scared of pills because no. I just assumed if you took a pill you would, you would turn into Jesse and start yeah. screaming. I thought you were going to turn into like, The Incredible Hulk or something. Like I was like really, this is what Get the... that aspirin away yeah, from yeah. me. Um, but are special edition books like those special episodes? That's the question.
0: I would say no. Okay. No caffeine pills in
1: these books. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Then so we want to say we recently did an episode about Fancy editions of books and book jackets that are not sold by the publisher and have like fancy customizations that are added after a book is published. What we're talking about today is a special editions of books that are sold by the publisher and they come with all the stuff. It's not like aftermarket stuff. This is these are books that have special covers, special edges, special hard cases, special ribbon bookmarks, whatever. But these are not things that like happen after a book already comes out. This is like you order a book or pre-order a book and it comes to you like this.
1: Yeah. And so first we're going to differentiate between the different types of special editions. Yes. Some are, are store specific, right? Mm. So um, when I was looking at books for this, um, uh, Barnes & Noble came Barnes up a lot Noble because they have a, a lot one. of special edition books. And you can only get that book by pre-ordering it, that, that very special edition, by pre-ordering through Barnes & Noble. Um, and some special editions are made specifically for subscription boxes. This also came up. Owlcrate has mm-hmm. a ton and they're really they're really pushing those special edition books sure for Owlcrate. Are. Um and Illumicrate, you said also mm-hmm. has these special edition books. And you can only get them through those
0: subscription services,
1: which is cool because you if you already subscribe. You'll get these cool yes. books, or maybe it is a reason for you to subscribe to these.
0: Yeah, that's really the thing. I think a lot of these boxes are trying to get people to sign up, so you get the fancy edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then, so other, there are other special editions that are for, like, a specific run of the book, um, such as, like, you know, the only only the first print run of a book having sprayed edges or colored ink. A good example of this is the Big Glasser favorite, Gideon the Ninth. The first print run had black sprayed edges, but it was, like, only the first... Only, really? only the first printing of it hmm. had it. And so finally, there are also there are publishers who only publish special editions of books, and you can only get them through those publishers. Right, right. Um, and even with books
1: made by a publisher who does only special editions, print runs of these books are are limited also. Yes. So a lot the reason they're special is because there's not that many limited. Of them. <laughs> they're limited. Almost every special edition is an incentive to buy it. So it's, they, usually you need to pre-order it, but yeah. this is the reason you buy it, is because you get the special edition. And with subscription boxes, like Mallory said, the companies
0: are trying to entice you to buy these boxes.
1: Yes. Um, and with store special editions, same thing. This is all a reason, trying to get you to buy these books, basically.
0: Yes. So, Bria, are these an incentive to you? Do you ever buy special editions? Are you like, ooh, got to get this box, got to pre-order it th- through this store?
1: No, I mean, as an e-reader, no. Like, because I, like, I don't even, I like, don't Does it have something special when it shows up? On my, if it was a, a special edition like on a Kindle or on an e reader, that would be interesting. Like it had some sort of extra I wonder, content.
0: I wonder if there was like it was like pre order the e book version and you get like some media to it, like you get a little like well, special. That's what I, I was know. gonna say because like
1: I was looking up special editions just for this episode, and uh, like the Hate You Give has a gold shiny cover, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and then there's, there's also. One of the sun is also a star with an an with an annotated chapter. Oh, that's cool. And I was thinking like they could include that for Kindle books. I haven't ever seen it. That would be really cool. Could be really cool. And also for um on the come up on the come up another Angie Thomas book. Um, it had a curated playlist inside. Okay, that's cool. And that would also be good for an ebook. So I've never really seen it or been or thought about that. Because the thing about eBooks is there aren't limited number.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> so like the I special didn't even think edition, about that, but you're totally of it. right. Honestly, I didn't think about it just that moment. But it, that just feels cool. It feels personal. So I, I think like these would mostly be for me, something I would buy for other
0: people. So you're looking for extra content, but you don't, you wouldn't care about an like a special.
1: Not for edition. myself, but if
0: I was buying something for somebody else, yeah. um, I think like that would be cool. Also,
1: just like a signed one is cool, like yeah. which is usually like there's a special edition that are signed that that, that came up. Yes. a lot when I was looking for, through those. And um, and ones with, like, cool covers. Like, they, those could be good gifts for other people. Or for me, like, if someone knows I love a book and they buy me one with, like, this cool special edition cover, I think that would be interesting. For example, I saw—remember the cover for Lessons in Chemistry that I complained about? Yes. There's a special edition cover that I actually think is really good.
0: You know what's funny? I I, I thought of you because Barnes & Noble chose Lessons in Chemistry as their book of the year, which is probably why I got a different cover. And they were talking about it on the Book Riot podcast because they both the hosts were like— this is the most baffling book because you look at this cover and it doesn't match with what the I book know. is. I <laughs> know, I
1: know, it's but. really true. But then they got a new cover, mm-hmm. which we should link to because the special edition cover is it actually fits. Yeah, it's like them. still like you know fifties ish and like you understand it, but you you get it's the a little sense darker, that a little there's edgier. There's a darkness to it instead yeah. of like this is a quirky comedy. Like if it yeah. looks like a rom com and it's not a rom com.
0: Um, what about you? Are you buying these special edition books? I will sometimes. Uh, I don't have any subscriptions to these book boxes because. I already have too many subscriptions mm-hmm. in my life. And I will say off the bat really? we- what are you subscribing to? Soylent. And uh Coffee. Trade Coffee. Wow, the people who sponsored us. <laughs> but I I also have a subscription for Mokoli, that like Korean rice drink. A subscription for it. Um, yeah, cause okay. We, I, I have a lot of subscriptions to things because we live on top of a fucking mountain, and oh. I can't get anything. It's hard to get stuff. It's not like I can go to the store to get things. Okay, okay. So I just get stuff delivered. So okay. I'm trying to like so mostly food items though. Yeah, I'm okay. trying to pump the brakes on on subscriptions. Fair enough. Boxes. That's fair. That's fair. Um. But I have to admit, I get swayed by these, but it's usually for a book I'm already going to pre-order. Yeah, uh, Like I made sure to pre-order um, Paul Tremblay's The Pallbearers Club because the first printing um, had the annotations in red ink, which I really wanted and thought was really cool. Yeah, that's. Cool. But I was already going to get that book. Um, and I think I will say I don't usually pre-order things through Barnes & Noble and that's part of it. Uh, so I miss out on those and special editions of covers don't won't normally get. What about for a book like you love? Like, what if it was you
1: know some book that you've read a million times and you saw a cool cover?
0: But then I already have the book, and I would read. A lot of this stuff comes down to I'd rather use this money to buy more books than yeah. I don't already have.
1: I think for me, because I am an e reader, it would entice me a little bit more because I don't own the book. Like, I mean, yeah. I own the book, but I probably don't either. One, I got it from the library, or it's you don't know I own it. So, I, if there's a book I loved and there's a cool cover, I am enticed. I don't often buy it, but I do think you about are. It. You are tempted. I'm tempted. I'm tempted by the <laughs> fruit of the. Cover. <laughs> Sean is not amused.
0: <laughs> well, we found, we found the name of the title, so the title of the podcast. <laughs> That's much better than the sayings that we were, we've been trying recently. Yes. Oh yeah. my god! Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I think I'm the same way as you, though. For myself, if it's something is cool inside the book. Rather than a cover, um, especially if I can pre-order it through, like, my local indie or bookshop.org, I can get it. Like, if I have to go out of my way to go through Barnes Noble, I probably won't. I have, like, a very complex system of pre-ordering. Like, I either get it through bookshop.org uh, or my local indie, Speakeasy Books, or my old local indie, Skylight. Sure. So I don't really want to add another thing to that ecosystem. Yeah, Yeah, that seems like a lot of, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> so I won't go out. But if it's something that, like, uh, if it's the first print run and if you just pre-order it as soon as possible, I that will normally get me. What about these special edition publishers? Are you getting—are you shelling out for these, like, more expensive, very fancy— editions from subterranean press or or something like that not
1: again because like i'm an e-reader i'm not but now that i've looked at a lot of them i am like oh maybe i'd be tempted to look for some of them yeah especially if it was just like i don't know a book that meant a lot to me or like a book i was working on a project or something like that like that might be interesting to me Mm -hmm.
0: um but not not as much what about you uh sometimes i i agree they are really good gift books i will very rarely buy them for myself because they are are wicked fucking expensive yeah Uh, i'd and again i'd rather just buy more books but for somebody else uh and as like as someone who's gotten them as gifts um My boyfriend Jeremy got me the, who's here in this room, actually, uh, got me the Folio Society edition of the His Dark Materials trilogy for Christmas a few years ago. And I fucking treasure that. Yeah, I think they're a good gift, because even
1: if somebody owns the book already, it's a good,
0: it's it's not weird to have, like, the special edition and the original. I love it, especially because the original books, I've had them since I was ten. Oh yeah. So I don't like reading them because I'm afraid the that they're just gonna just like disintegr- onion skin at this point. They're just <laughs> oh, yeah like crumbling in your hands. Oh yeah.
1: It's no, I mean I think look, a book is always a book is a good gift, but it's, especially if you don't know if the person owns it, like this is a good way to give it yeah. to somebody. And you know what they say? Never look a
0: Gift, gift book, book in the mouth. Gift <laughs> book in the book butt. <laughs> the book butt. Exactly. That is what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. I, I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Lauren Pinto, my best friend and creative director of Orbit Books about special editions, because she does many of them, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Milk Bar. The holidays are around the corner and we all have that one person who is impossible to shop for. You can make things easy and get them a delicious treat from Milk Bar. Everyone loves a delicious treat. You can't go wrong there. James Beard Award-winning celebrity chef Christina Tossey opened the first milk bar in 2008 in New York City, and she's been shaking up the dessert scene ever since with her unique spin on iconic flavors. And you can now ship Milk Bar's desserts nationwide. So that means no matter where your loved one lives all over the country, you can get them a delicious dessert the holidays. Milk Bar is the perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life this holiday season. So listen to this. For a limited time, Milk Bar is offering their delicious new chocolate mint chip cake. I repeat that, folks. Chocolate mint chip cake. And they come in truffles as well. They have peppermint bark snap cookies. All these amazing holiday flavors can be delivered to your loved one's door just in time for the holidays. It is truly the perfect gift for anyone. Again, who doesn't love a delicious treat? If there's someone in your life that you love, you have no idea what to get them. This is the perfect gift. And right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $15 off any order of 80 or more when you go to milkbarstore.com slash glasses. So that's $15 off an order of 80 or more by going to milkbarstore.com slash glasses. So that's milkbarstore.com slash glasses. Glasses.
1: Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager, Countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh, no. Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self and be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand and maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know or give you interesting things to talk about at parties.
2: Yeah, like the secret life of Emily Post.
1: Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are.
2: We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era.
1: Sure. Or what it's like to attend a Regency ball. Yeah. Uh, You can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it?
0: So here we are with Lauren Panapinto, creative director of Orbit Books, my best friend, dear friend of the show. Lauren, thank you for joining us, as always. An
2: unofficial snuffleupagus of reading glasses. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. (laughs) What are you reading? What am I reading? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to answer that question, right? I (laughs) am. Yes. Are you
0: allowed to answer? Is it some secret Orbit title that's far in the future?
2: Um... There are a few of those because we read those so, so far in advance. Um, I did just really enjoy reading The Faithless, um, which is the Co. Clark, uh, oh. book two after The Unbroken, um, the cover. It's just a very
0: sexy cover.
2: Yeah. And it was very, um, you know, people always say, don't read the comments. And I usually live by that rule in cover design, everybody, you know, Everybody has an opinion, but um the comments were so deliciously thirsty and wonderful from the, <laughs> the lesbian community that I was tackling um reading through all the Twitter comments and all the commentary on the launch. IO9 launched it. So it it was great. And I was in the middle of reading it. And you know, there are I read a lot of Orbit books, obviously. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I have a creative director hat that I read books and I'm paying attention because I'm working on the covers mm-hmm. or thinking about working on them. But when I when I go back and read books that the covers are already done and I don't have to read, that's when you know I'm like really invested as a fan. I'm like, I need to <laughs> know what happens. <laughs> so I've been reading The Faithless and I, I can say that um, anybody who's hotly anticipating it, it is well worth it. <laughs>
0: If I recall, the 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 brief for this cover was big sword lesbian energy. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> and it, the, and you got and you nailed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, not to not to derail the topic of this talk, but the the hashtag sapphic trifecta of um, Tasha Suri, Seal Clark, and Shelley Parker Chan um, books happened accidentally, and it just so happened like uh, two of the three books are mine, and both of the covers. Just ended up being like a golden saffron color, but now knowing that we we wanted to keep the sapphic <laughs> traffic together at least my two thirds my two book my two covers came out first, and uh, people were like, Well, you know, they have to be the same color tone, and I was like, yes, they will be green, of course
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks really good. We'll put post a link in the show notes so people can see the the cover. It is magnificent.
2: Yeah, it's um, it was, it's very exciting to get those kinds of books, right? Um, anyway, so in the, in this one case, I enjoy reading the comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this
0: whole episode is about special editions, which you are a queen of over at Orbit. You want to talk a little bit about what kind of special editions that Orbit does? books? Sure,
2: of course. And I think that, you know, we were just talking before we started that there are a number of different things that fall into the umbrella of special editions, which mm-hmm. I know you guys will have talked about earlier in the episode. Um, so what Orbit specializes in, um, you know, there are special editions that come out from other publishers than the original publishers. So subscription boxes, store specific um, special editions and, um, you know, or exclusive editions and and publishers that specialize just in special editions. But when the the home publisher, the original publisher, does a special edition, usually, there are some exemptions, but usually it is a backless book, an anniversary title, um, something that came out that we know uh, was beloved and we're now releasing it in a fancier edition. We just did a 10-year anniversary of Leviathan Wakes, the first Expanse book. Um, it's a done- very
0: sexy book. Very so sexy good. book.
2: It is so magenta; it screams at you from across the store. <laughs> um, and um, we've done a, we did a ten year uh, anniversary omnibus of Brent Weeks' Night Angel. Um, the the and then they, there's stuff in like a gray area. So we just you know we had been publishing the Witcher trade paperbacks for for years for a very long time. We're the original um, U.S. publisher of the Witcher books. But they've become such a bigger deal now that they were never mm-hmm. released in hardcover. So we went back and released them in hardcover. So that's not technically a special edition. But um, it is pretty but special. It, they are pretty special. They're all hardcover. We really put a lot of artwork into them. They have colored end papers, You know, they have foil stamps on the front. Um, so books like that. Uh, and then there were two illustrated editions for the two books that have short stories and there was interior illustrations in them. So, so they're not technically a special edition because technically a special edition is an alternate edition of the edition that came out or a special like re-release but but you know it kind of falls under the umbrella of of special
0: special with a lowercase s
2: <laughs> yeah because they are the trade editions they are the official hardcovers of of witcher there's not like a regular hardcover and then a special edition hardcover they're just the hardcovers we just made them special and we did the same thing with um with the ruination book that was the League of Legends uh, story book that we worked on with riot Games. Um, it's the, the trade edition of the book, but it has colored end papers. it has extra foil stamping. it has a reversible cover. Um, these are fancy art things that we put into the normal edition. Um, but but the way people talk about them and, and how many bells and whistles they are, you know they kind of fall under the umbrella of special edition. As well, because we did so much like extra fancy stuff because we knew that fan base was going to go crazy for that book, especially.
0: So we went into the reading glasses Slack and asked them questions for you. And a lot of people were very excited. Um, So one of the big things that Orbit does a lot of is special editions that are store specific or with uh, subscription boxes. And people Mm -hmm. wanted to know what the relationship was like. Between Orbit and Barnes and Noble, like how, how that process starts, like what does a does a Lumacrate reach out and say we want to do this? How, how, like, does it start with them? Does it start with you? What What does that whole thing look like?
2: Yeah, there's there's a couple of different relationships. And I don't get too far into the weeds on them. Um, when a when a special edition publisher, and again, that includes subscription boxes, even though they sell it in a weird way, they're still kind of considered a special edition you know, publisher, like a subterranean press does a lot of special editions. Illumicrate also does special editions, Fairy Fairyloot, all of these companies. Um, they get in touch with a special part of the sales department called literally special sales. Um, so it's not the, the general trade sales, it's special sales. And a lot of things fall under special sales, but these, these, you know, special edition boxes do. And, and it really depends. Sometimes, um, some places will be printing their own version of the book. So they're just, you know, licensing the rights to the interior files and the edited files and all that stuff. Um, sometimes the maps, they'll reach out to the artists, you know, use use the maps and things like that. Um, but a lot of what the, the subscription boxes do is they will buy copies of the book that we publish and then put a different cover on them. Or, you know, sometimes they do them themselves. Sometimes they ask us to do them so it's it's kind of an interesting um, relationship because it's different depending on even even with the same subscription box or special edition or a publisher or something like that. Sometimes the rela- the the project will be different book to book. So like uh, Fox and Wit uh, is a is a new subscription newish uh, special edition publisher, not a subscription box. Sorry, maybe they are a subscription. I don't know. There's so many. All of a sudden, it's like such a hot yeah. There's a lot um, but they. Uh, buy copies of the book, and they have our jacket on the book, but then they also add another jacket kind of on top as an alternate. So that's super fun. Huh. You know, so it's, so it, it's, they're all different. And we did a special edition of Son of the Storm with one. I'm, I'm so sorry. I should have had this ready to go. I don't remember who the special edition publisher was. I think it was fake But they asked us, they kind of co-published at the same time. So we made extra books, but they gave us art to do an alternate jacket and that they had hired the artist and done all of that stuff and then supplied the files to us. And when we went to press with our book, we also printed their versions. But again, they're paying for this. They're either paying for their own art or they're paying for extra printing, extra jackets. So these publishers are, are paying for extra things. When a, when a store like Barnes and Noble or Waterstones in the UK um, asks for a special edition, that's something that, that the publisher does for them, you know, and it's, it's kind of saying, you know, there are authors that Barnes and Noble knows that they've they've had a big hand in supporting like somebody like Hannah Witten um, or something like that, or, you know, they, they want a special edition and it's kind of a extension of autographed editions. So for many, many years, stores will ask for autographed editions of a hardcover coming out. So what we do is we actually get your the reading the glassers will probably be interested to hear this when you get like a, like an autographed edition from Barnes and Noble, you know, with a new Brent Weeks title or something like that. Um, we don't actually send Brent Weeks all the books and he stands in a big pile of books and, opens <laughs> book and finds them. That's what they do if they go to stores and it's a couple hundred books. I know Mallory, you've done that sometimes when it is in an entire special run, it could be 500 books. It could be a thousand books. We do something called a tip in, which is we have printed just the page. Special, mm-hmm. um, and we just send the pages to the author. So, like, it's just a stack of a thousand pages or five hundred pages, and they work through them slowly. The, the The pen nerds among the authors who who have to sign a lot of books have, has gotten really intense. And uh, some, a lot of times, we'll design them. They're usually not blank pages because we have to send them anyway. You know, we have to get them yeah. You of, might as well make them look you fancy. Might well, um, you might as well put something cool on them, and then all of those pages get sent to the author. So what what these exclusive editions have become is um, an extension of that. So sometimes, you know, say Barnes and Noble will say, Hey, we want to do a, a, a autograph run, but then we want to do an exclusive edition. So, uh, Nora Jemison's new book, the world we make, they asked if there was anything we could do that was like special and different for their exclusive edition that was, I think also going to be signed. And we did a color variant of the cover. And so when we went to press, uh, we printed two different jackets and, you know, Barnes & Noble had put in their uh, amount of order. And what that really does, it's a—it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. The publisher is paying for it, for the printing and the effects, and we're sending these books to the store. Um, so there is some cost involved that the, the publisher is, is taking on, but um, it really drives pre-sales. It's really good for Barnes & Noble. And like pre-sales, as you've talked before on the show many times, pre-sale, like pre-ordering a book is really the best way to support an author you love, because they all go into that week one sales. They all go into the bestseller calculations, things like that. Um, When Barnes & Noble does an exclusive, they know that, um, or Waterstones, whatever, they know that fans want that edition of the book, and you can only get that edition of the book if you pre-order. So it's almost like guaranteed pre-orders. It's it's helping pre-order the book, and that's very, very helpful for the author. It's very helpful for the store. It's very helpful for everyone. So that has has been on the rise. Waterstones in the UK really pushed forward that trend first. And then, um, as some people know, if they're really into book publishing knowledge, the CEO of Waterstones has come over and become the CEO of Barnes & Noble. So a lot of these special editions have, yeah. have- up over the last year, really the last and they're years.
0: usually like the same design, right It's like a color variant, or like I'm thinking of yeah. new Hannah Witten it's like the same the the like the new Hannah Witten, which is called the Fox Glove King, which comes out in the spring sometime. Aren't you? yeah <laughs> sometime in the spring but it has uh i know that the barnes and noble edition is like a black and white black and gray variant of the same design yeah, it's almost like, like a some desaturated
2: extra. gothier I, we, in-house we've been calling it the goth version the, <laughs> it's a very like floral beautiful cover with this crown and the skull so it's already like very like Dark gothic romantic, and then this is like the extra goth cover because it's just got a lot of the color desaturated out of it. We're also putting foil on just that edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things, um, like everybody wants a painted, a sprayed edge. That's all I hear. Yeah, uh, everybody so wants uh, a sprayed edge.
0: That's actually the next question I was going to say because okay, someone in the Slack there. was wondering, like, you know, uh, so I think actually the wording that someone in the Slack says they tend to go all out. <laughs> um, so yeah. You want to talk about the, you know, the different, because ty- there's sprayed edges, there's foil, there's color variants on the cover. Like yeah, yeah. what, what goes into all these different things?
2: You know, I keep joking that I'm going to quit my job and open a spray, an edge spraying company and just like hire <laughs> a bunch of art school students still just like sit in their garage and spray edges. Um, spray edges kind are kind of tough. soothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very soothing. Spray edges are tough because they're very work intensive. Um, Mm there there's no really good automated process for this so it's a lot of like people stacking books and like spraying stuff either by hand or or arranging them perfectly for a robotic sprayer things like that what's difficult is when folks fans don't understand what well Illumicrate does these beautiful I mean I was personally lusting over the locked tomb edition's uh, from a I was going to bring up
0: because it was cool. what the first editions of the first run of um, Gideon the Ninth had the black sprayed edges.
2: Oh well, that was different. So that was a that was a pre
0: order that was from Tor
2: Like or it wasn't really a pre order because it, it was the first edition of all of those books have sprayed edges. But then when it goes into reprints, it sells out. So you you really should pre order it to make sure. Yeah. You get it, um, but Illumicrate did in addition that the sprayed edges are like bones. They're like this oh, awesome, like sexy, floating bone pattern on the sprayed edge, and they are gorgeous. But you've got to realize that um, because these are so work intensive, that doing a run of five hundred or a thousand books is totally doable. But when your print run, like the actual print run of the book, is thirty thousand, fifty thousand books that's a lot of edges edges to spray spray. (laughs) a lot of books so we we usually it's either so cost prohibitive that we can't do it or you know for the whole for the normal run of a book and we do it sometimes but it's it's really, really it's it is the most expensive special effect um and then also it's just the capacity there's only so many edge sprayers and the the stencil technology is not everywhere so a lot of the stenciled books you see happen either uh, happen overseas like in the u.s we don't really have the same capability for for the stencil robots and all this stuff i mean we're catching up again i'm gonna if i ever leave orbit books it will be someone needs to write a book about the stencil
0: stencil robots
2: you want to go in with me mallory (laughs) i mean yeah i'm in i am absolutely in um, and I, and you know, the capabilities of this are getting better, but you'll see smaller runs be a store exclusive because, you know, we can't spray, you know, 50 K copies, you know, of a book, but we could do the 5,000 for the exclusive or the 2000 or whatever mm-hmm. for the exclusive edition for a store. So, uh, so that's why, you know, all, you know, people, and I understand fans look, Hey, I'm a fan too. I love these. I love sprayed edges. But um, when fans complain, like, why can't we have sprayed edges? Because it would eat up all the profits for the book and the author would make no money <laughs> in the publisher. Right, so the,
0: the variant covers and the, the foil and stuff that is still pricey, but it's not as hard to do. Cause it's something that can be done. Yeah. Movie. There's,
2: there's been times that we've looked into sprayed edges and it's not the money. It's literally the, the people that's the people that spray edges, the secret conglomerate, of secret sprayers,
0: spray. the little spray. It's, elves. No,
2: <laughs> they're just like, no, we can't do it. It would, de- we wouldn't be able, we literally don't have, we can't do it before that book comes out on that many books. Mm-hmm. Like we just literally can't. So, um, so folks, if anybody has, has some money lying around, open an edge spraying company in the U S you'll do just great. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> so also- I mean,
2: the the dance of of special effects, and, you know, I don't want to get into to finance weeds here, but you've got to always remember that every book has its own budget. It's not like the art department has, you know, $100,000 to spend on effects every year. It's literally each book has book its own bug. budget. And, you know, as you've spoken before, like, everything comes out of that book's budget. The advance, the salaries of the people that work on that book, you know, mm-hmm. or in some kind of crazy formula, um, all the effects, the cost of the paper, the cost of binding, all that stuff is, is, is laid against that book. So you don't want to put so many special effects on something that um, it eats up all the profits for that book. That's not good for the publishers, not good for the author. Um, But uh, you want to do things that are cool and different. And, and that's why you see so many more special effects on a special edition. It's not that, um, it's not just that we want these editions to be special. It's that we know there's a built-in audience for these things. You know, we knew there were a bajillion expanse fans that would be interested potentially in Mm -hmm. getting a special edition anniversary copy of Leviathan Wakes. When the original Leviathan Wakes came out, that was a brand new book by a brand new, like an unknown author pseudonym, but, you know, unknown at the time you wouldn't have wanted to weigh down that book with all these special effects and budgets. You know, so it really it you know there's a there's a built-in audience for these things. And that's why, you know, like Penguin can get away with reissuing like cloth bound classics and all these beautiful editions and foils and all those things year after year after year in different editions. Because you know, if your favorite book is Wuthering Heights, you may you might have 10 different copies of it and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but for a new author that, that is just trying to establish themselves or, you know, a brand new book and you don't know how it's going to do. You don't want to weigh that down because you don't have the guaranteed audience. So that's why you see all these special editions for anniversaries, for big series, things like that, um, because you know the fan base is is already there. You know, you're not trying to establish the fan base. There's enough of a fan base there to support it already.
0: And that's why it seems like a lot of it is, a lot of the other special editions are retail driven because if Barnes & Noble's like, we're going to buy however many thousands copies of this book you feel more comfortable doing something fancy because you know that Barnes and Noble's like, we're gonna sell the crap out of this and we're gonna buy a ton of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean in an author, it's it's oftentimes an author that uh, a retail store has has been a, a great partner in launching that author. Like Barnes and mm-hmm. Noble was, was an amazing partner in um, launching Hannah Winton's career. Uh, with her first book. So, you know, they have a special relationship with Hannah and we want to keep that going and, and, and kind of honor that, you know, in a way. So that's, Hannah that's, definitely deserves that's how the fancy choice covers. is like who gets what gets picked. <laughs> also, we know like Hannah Witten's fans are, are rabid for a new series from her and there's going to be a lot of tension around the Foxblood King and stuff like that. So Oh, I'm very,
0: it is my, I've been trying to hold off on reading any, uh, 2023 arcs until I'm done with my big 2022 finish. But Foxglove right. King is like near the top of my I read it. Grade. It's good.
2: It's worth it. It's worth I'm it. So pumped. it. You're going to tear through it. So, you know,
0: Oh, I can't wait. Uh, well, speaking of authors, money. that was another uh, question people had was, so this is, these are not like, it's not an author going, Oh, I want this color. And I want that color. This is, this is the art department driving this ship
2: it's a combination of of a lot of times stores or special publishers these these special sales will come to us and say you know um so and so wants this so and so wants that effect maybe foil like it was barnes and noble's idea to do the uh less saturated the the bigger better gother version of (laughs) can i oh i need that as a shirt (laughs) (laughs) bigger better gother version um but uh That was their idea. They said, actually, can we desaturate this? You know, we think it'll be cool. So, so there's a give and take relationship in in some of these cases. Um, But a lot of times it's, you know, they'll come with a list of asks or can we, can we try this or can we try that? And it's a balance again of, of you know, how much these effects cost, what's available. A lot of times it's me looking at the cover and saying like the the city, uh, let's see, we became the sequel, The World We Make. Barnes & Noble came to us and said, you know, we'd love to do an alternate cover. What can you do? And I looked at the cover mm-hmm. and I said, okay, well, the way the design works, these are a couple of options of things we can do. And we decided on the regular edition, back. if you haven't seen it, the background is grayscale to match the original edition of City We Became. But in the Barnes & Noble exclusive edition, the background is like a blue tone. Um, which still, you know, looks very nice with with the first book, but is a little more different and exclusive to them. So that was something that I was just like, "What can we do?"
0: But but uh, most of the time, it's not authors who are making these calls, is what I'm saying. So
2: it's not because in most it's, cases, the cover's already designed. Um, so it's kind of like business.
0: like getting your book cover is you can, you can, you might have, you might be in the loop, but most of the time it's like, here's this thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially at Orbit, authors have a, have a great deal of, of back and forth and, and collaboration mm-hmm. with the art department. I really enjoy the author relationships and we foster that. Uh, I think more than a lot of publishers, but the, the, the cover will have been set. Already, Mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes authors ask for certain effects or whatnot, and we try to to accommodate that where it makes sense. But again, you know, authors don't want to blow the budget on their own books too; they're literally taking money out of their own pockets. So, you know, it's it's always a balance; it's always a dance.
0: So, is at least at Orbit, it sounds like it's pretty collaborative between Orbit, whoever is asking for the special edition, and just the whole team in general.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's these special editions. Are a lot of work, I will say that. <laughs> but but again, to, you see the fan fervor that people are more likely to put these editions on social media and talk about them, be excited about them. Again, it really drives pre-orders. Um, a lot of these editions, and again, anniversary editions, it's it's signaling to people to bring a lot more attention to a backlist that they haven't thought about in a little while. Maybe, um, you know, it's a celebration. A lot of the the anniversary edition and backlists reissue special editions um you know so it's it's always like these things do take more work and they do cost money but it also pays for itself in you know marketing and promotion and excitement and Mm -hmm. fan and author care and all of those like kind of like soft things it's hard to put a a budget value on but we know we're all wonderful things you know and make fans happy make authors happy you know that kind of
0: thing so before we end speaking of our last question are there any Orbit special editions that are coming out in the near future that people can pre-order or that people can get excited about or ones that you done did this year that you're particularly proud of. I know the Leviathan wakes one where you worked very hard and it looks so sexy. That
2: was the Leviathan wakes one was really fun. Cause we actually, that was, you know, speaking to the last question, that was a, a very intense author collaboration. We went with a piece of um, fan art for the cover, this, uh, uh, person that had um designed these kind of like uh fan tribute like minimalist posters and and we were you know the authors and I were going back and forth on ideas and we we kind of landed on these covers you know we're just googling the internet like expanse posters you know and then we reached out and and licensed licensed the art for the cover so that was like a fun win um so uh coming out well the foxglove king um special edition with exclusive all you goths
0: edition. listening you've got to pre-order it it is yeah, very it's, sexy
2: it's, it's very goth um and uh, I'm actually working the mechanical right now I just did a copy update um fix some spelling errors <laughs> so, again, the is, is is working on that right now um foil is the last thing we do so we make sure the mechanical is all like perfectly ready to yeah. go and then we do the foil layers i won't get into like the nitty-gritty graphics and I stuff so so that's very exciting um the world we the world we make a uh, special variant had come out um we're gonna do uh well again we have a new burnt weeks book coming out uh night angel nemesis which is the first night angel book in a really long time um and i we're gonna be doing some cool stuff Around that, that hasn't necessarily been announced, but not a special edition per se, because it's a new book. But yeah, you know, we're trying to just fancy looking, possible. fancy looking. We're gonna make it fancy looking. Um, but the uh, there is something huge in the works, and Mallory, you and I are talking about it. I know, about,
0: I know, I've, I've talked to you so much about this, and we're we'll, we'll, we'll cutting back on when it gets announced. It.
2: It's I'm killing very me but, about it though. But when I can talk about it, maybe I'll come back and talk about it.
0: But, you will absolutely but come back. I'm please.
2: actually. Spoiler, I'm in the reading glasses Slack. So if, if you are a glasser and you're in that Slack and you and you have questions, I can talk about stuff in there that I can't announce in a you know, a national podcast, international <laughs> podcast. <laughs> One
0: of the many perks of being in the Reading Glasses Slack is getting to ask questions. I have my Lauren. own book cover <laughs> channel. It's great. Mallory made me a book cover channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. Um well Lauren, thank you as always for coming on and sharing your I'm, your, I'm your always, art wisdom.
2: I'm always- it's always a pleasure to come on, um, and, and, um, be the, be a friend of the show.
0: Now let's answer a recommendation request. Katie wrote in, hi, Mallory and Bria. Love the podcast. Finding reading glasses helped pull me out of a years long reading slump. And now I'm reading more than ever before. Oh, that is like my favorite form of every time someone, someone says that a Mallory gets her wings <laughs> that are made out of pages. Um, So thank you. And she and Katie says, thank you to us. uh, She says, I love books with really engaging magic systems and wonder if you have any recommendations. I especially love, quote unquote, hard magic systems, i.e. magic systems with clear rules, resources, limitations, as opposed to soft magic systems that are more nebulous or mystical. I love stories where magic is a specific tool set characters can learn about, try and fail at and use in creative ways to solve problems. I recently fell in love with Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn series, and the Full Metal Alchemist manga is arguably my favorite series of all time. Other things in my wheelhouse are morally great characters, anti heroes, badass female protagonists, characters winning by outsmarting opponents instead of overpowering them, Sherlock Holmes style deductive reasoning, and found family and enemies to lovers. I especially love any bookwrecks for cool magic systems. Underlined, not in high fantasy settings. I don't mind high fantasy, but it admittedly doesn't excite me as much either. I think cool magic systems in other contexts would make for a really awesome story. Bria, what should Katie read?
1: I'm going to recommend a book I just read, and spoiler is I knew you were going to recommend this. <laughs> list. Well, I got to shout this book out. It was great. The Rust in the R- It's Rust in the Root by um, Justina Ireland, um, and sh- Ireland just goes to a lot of trouble to to create a huge brand new magic system with all sorts of different kinds of magics and every and the people in the book all specialize in a specific magic like oh my magic has to do with machines oh my magic has to do with crops oh my magic like they're and, all different with birds you and know this like... isn't high fantasy this isn't like unicorns. no this is like in the real world instead in 1937 in america and like like what uh justin Ireland did with dread nation she took a time like that was about oh Like slavery was sort of like interrupted by this zombie apocalypse. Well, this is sort of like the, um, uh, like crops failing and all this stuff interrupts it, interrupts and the uh, African American citizens in the United States have to like come to the help of these white people who had kind of screwed up their magic systems basically. So it's not high fantasy, it's America in 1937. Um, And uh, I I just really liked this book. Also, I gotta just plug. Broken Earth trilogy. I mean, I feel like that um, Katie has probably read this because it is such a great magic system. And it's and a literally hard magic system. Literally it's about hard because it's like rock based, and in every <laughs> the these, hardest magic system <laughs> you could ever get. <laughs> it's about earth and earth's, earth's elements, and there's three in the series. It's N.K. Jemisin. I it's my favorite N.K. Jemisin. I think it's so good. So if you are interested in like unique magic systems, I think that's a great one.
0: Uh, what do you, what about you? What what do you have for Katie? I'm gonna whip out a recent favorite, and I will say I think this is gonna have to be the last time I recommend this. You love recommending, you know what? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll say this We one. might have to retire this yeah, one. Yeah, it's such a good one, though. Uh, it's The Library of the Dead by T.L. um, mm-hmm. who we had, we had on the show. And it's good for Detective. That's a good one. It hits almost everything. We got cool magic system and not a high fantasy setting. We have badass female protagonist that's a little bit morally gray. Uh, we have characters who are outsmarting instead of overpowering. And we have deductive reasoning. So I just fucking love these books so much. Mm-hmm. It's So basically, it's about a world that's, sort, that's it's sort of like our own, but it's in the future when society is, like, really starting to crumble. Uh, under the weight of capitalism and climate change, I wouldn't call it dystopian, but it's like you would. What will we say? What like a hundred years in the future or so? Yeah, like near future sci-fi. Yeah, but it's more near future. It's almost near future fantasy, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and it's also like not that near future. It's like not, it's not 20 years,
1: it's like a, yeah, it's like a little while.
0: Yeah, things are really, they're talking about events that happen nowadays is like things that happened a while ago Uh uh and now like, you know, people are really living on the fringes of society, you know, things are are really crumbling and the main character is a ghost talker, which means that she makes money by delivering messages from the dead. She's very poor and she barely makes ends meet and ends up getting embroiled in the supernatural mystery because she takes a a uh, delivery job that she really shouldn't. And there's a whole system of magic in this world. And it's very cool and it's very set rules. And, like, there's, in the second book, uh, there's, like, a boarding school where, like, rich kids can go learn it. And it's um it's not, it's not neb- nebulous. There are definitely, like, things that she can and cannot do. But it hits so many things. The This is definitely a great, while it's a great setting book, it's also a great character book because mm. the main character, Ropa, she's just, like, this is the first book I had read in so long where I was, like, I will... Watch or I will read this character do anything. I am mm-hmm. on her team. Whatever adventure she wants to go on, I will read it. It's just super fun. Um, so that's the Library of the Dead by T. L. Huchum. Mine is Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland. If you want us to answer your recommendation request or solve your reader problem, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at Gmail dot com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, folks, if you want that, my other car is a TBR list sticker <laughs> created <laughs> by our very own. Sean, <laughs> I st- we I it still makes me laugh. Mine is in the mail and is almost arriving at my house. I am not allowed to put it on our car, but I will be putting it on something else. Um, Jeremy is Jeremy, we are no we're no bumper sticker household. No bumper stickers. But I'll be putting on other other things. Okay. And it comes in multiple okay. multiple colors. It, of course, if you were reading it and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense. But it's very funny. Yeah, it's funny. And there's other things on our at our store. There's sweatshirts, there's stickers, there's totes, there's mugs, great gifts for the glassers in your life if you're looking for those. So again, the link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and want to do something for us for free, maybe get us an early holiday present. You're like, wow, Mallory and Brie have been there for me all year. <laughs> what can I put in their stockings? A five-star review on the podcast listening app of your choice. (laughs) That would, we've been very good this year and we would really love that. It really honestly makes a huge difference for us. It helps us get more listeners and helps us get more advertisers so we can feed our hungry cats. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading.